Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on today's episode of In Flight Snack, we talked to Will Parkinson from the Turn On The Jets podcast. We talked about his big summer, the Jets' big summer, Aaron Rodgers, the offensive line. We talked about Rodgers starting in the game against the Giants. We discussed hard knocks, Dalvin Cook, this defense, and so many other things, including his expectations for this Jets season and the Rodgers era as a whole. All that and a whole lot more coming up right now on In Flight Snack. Looks up the seat, fires, caught, touchdown! Garrett Wilson scores! Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! Rodgers going end zone, Lazard, he's got it for the touchdown! Looking downfield, leaves a bomb for Davis. Sauce Gardner's there, and it's knocked away. Sauce Gardner in position on Gabe Davis, knocks it away, and the Jets are going to take a knee and win it. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Rami Lavi, and we've been cranking these out. This is already the fourth episode we're doing. If you listened to yesterday and a little bit of an explanation, um, clearly, I have a close relationship with my dad. I I failed to mention something extremely important. Um, yesterday was the 15th anniversary from the last day the jets ever practiced at hofstra so actually kind of appropriate that i had my father on who grew up watching them practice on long island and that's how he became a jet fan so uh we should have mentioned that but poor research on our part led to us not mentioning that on today's episode i had an incredible interview with will parkinson he does great work uh his podcast is called turn on the jets and it is a New York Jets podcast. Obviously, he's been building up for a couple of years, and he's really gotten into the like the deep depths of Jets content. I talked about NYJ Matt. I talked about Matt O'Leary. I talked about Jets X Factor. All these people who have great Jets content. He's one of those people, and he was nice enough to be the first guest to join me on this podcast on this platform. So we had a great conversation. It's funny because when I hosted my podcast, the Romula V podcast. I won't focus on an offensive line conversation maybe for 15 minutes because it's a more broad podcast. And now when you have a specific team podcast and the big topic of conversation is the offensive line, like my father said, Aaron Rodgers standing behind that offensive line against Kayvon Thibodeau in the Giants front would be like me walking out into a six lane highway. Uh, yeah. So when you have that type of concern around the offensive line, you're going to do 15 minutes to talk about the offensive line. It's kind of interesting. It's a different. It's a departure from something I may have done in the past, but it's definitely fun to be part of that uh, Jets specific talk and Jets culture. And I'm happy. I can't, I can't complain. I'm really happy to be doing this. 
I'm excited about it. So we got into everything. We talked about Dalvin Cook, the contract he signed. We talked about Hard Knocks. We'll have another episode after Hard Knocks. So on Wednesday, I guess, after the new Hard Knocks, we'll talk about it. If anything comes out from any of these press conferences today, if Rogers talks about starting, if Salah talks about starting uh, him or Rogers starting rather, we'll talk about it. We'll get into all of that. I also have a head coach ranking that I've been promising you guys we're going to do it. I kind of did my reason for pessimism, reason for pessimism, I should say, episode with my dad. So if you didn't listen to that episode, you should go back and listen to that episode because it might explain why. I was a little bit pessimistic with Will Parkinson. I did bring up a couple of doomsday scenarios. And as a Jets fan, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'm going to be honest here. But uh, I do love the Jets. I am rooting for them. And like I said on the podcast with my father, why ruin the bad, the good times by anticipating the bad times? Stressing over future stresses now that may occur, not worth it. So let's talk about the positives. There are so many positives. Rodgers playing theoretically could be a positive. Him being this invested is a positive. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is here. The receivers look good. The defense looks like it's going to be studly. And we talked about everything from Joe Douglas not being in hard knocks, which I'm going to get to the bottom of it one way or another. That I've made that my mission of this podcast to get to the bottom of why Joe Douglas is not featured on hard knocks for the Jets I've been talking about that since the start of this podcast, and I'm curious why he's not on it, and I'm going to find out answers. I'm also going to find out the answer to the question that we alluded to on this interview you'll hear in a minute. Tiki Barber had a really interesting statement about the Jets saying that they canceled practice with the Bucks because Salah wasn't going to be there, and they didn't want any questions. Then everyone who was at Jets practice, Will included, said, uh, Salah was at practice and they canceled anyway. And the reporting was weird. It was coming from the Bucks. Oh, they left us stranded. They brought us here. Now we're stranded. We have nothing to do. The whole story is a weird story. And I'm going to talk to Tiki today and see what he says. He may address it on the air. He may not. I don't know. That's his decision. That's Evan's decision. They're producers. They can decide that. But I'm going to ask Tiki just, hey, What's up, Teague? What's going on? What happened? How did this information... I'm sure it's something as simple as they had to change the time of the practice because Salah couldn't be there at a certain time, so they changed it to a different time, and that time didn't work for the Bucs, so the Bucs decided to practice on the Giants field. Something like that. I'm pretty sure it's that simple, but again, you take a viral clip. I blame the, the digital team. I blame Tom Izzo. Not that Tom Izzo. I blame Tom Izzo from WFAN. And you cut up a video and you make it sound crazier than it actually is. And it becomes a viral story. And WFAN has been doing that a lot recently with their digital team. So uh, they're doing the right thing. They're getting clicks. They're getting mentions. I don't know if they're getting any more listens to the radio station. But uh, it's been interesting uh, the last couple of weeks to see that. Also, we did shout out Joe Benigno a couple of times. I'd love to have him on. The only thing is I definitely have to go to him in person to do the podcast because there's no way he could figure out how to get on a live stream. Maybe he could call me up from his home phone and like dial my phone and I could hold the phone to the, to the microphone. So I think that would be the easiest way to have Joe Beningo. But I don't think there's much else to talk about. Uh, my weekend, it was 
pretty much talking Jets with my father, as you heard. So that was a Sunday episode. We obviously found out the Rodgers news. I also do want to get into, and I will do this on a later episode, hopefully at some point this week, we talked about it, David Bakhtiari. The GM of the Packers and the owner of the Packers comes out and says, we're not trading him. You know who's never had to say we're not trading a guy, a team that never actually trades the guy. It's always we're not trading Jalen Brown and then Jalen Brown gets traded. We're not trading James Harden and James Harden gets traded. That's NBA references, but it's the same thing. The NFL, we could start seeing a little bit more player movement that will look somewhat similar to the NBA maybe. Um, And so... I don't know. I think the Jets, they have a surplus. They have to figure out this offensive line. I could see them making a move at the offensive line. All right. So without further ado, I'm going to kick it to myself, to my interview with Will Parkinson on in-flight snack right now. Joining me now for an in-flight snack, and I should have brought some food for this, but uh, Will Parkinson, uh, first of all, thanks for doing this. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Congrats and uh, congrats on your show. Yeah, uh, should be fun, and you're the first guest ever, although I did have a phone call with my dad last night. He had to get in there first, so uh, we put that on the pod, but uh, you're the first real guest, I should say, so yeah, I appreciate you, you doing this. Yeah, that, uh, we'll, start off, we'll start off strong. Yeah, we're only moving downhill from here with people like uh, more angry and less optimistic Jets fans, probably like Joe Beningo. So we'll see where this goes. Yeah, well, uh, well it won't be, as much, uh, won't be as much yelling for me, unfortunately. Uh, well, it's early in the morning uh, for some of us, at least. So the Jets had a big summer, but you had a uh, a bigger summer. Maybe you've been married now for a month. How's that going for you? Yeah, it's awesome. It's uh, it's cool. You know, it was it was a nice, uh, a special you know special day, special weekend. The whole you know whole nine yards. So um, no, I'm excited. I'm not a, one of those people that's uh, gonna go on and be like, oh, you know, life's over. Not nah, you know. I am uh, feel very lucky, and you know, definitely, uh, definitely was a fun time. Can't complain too much. Had a, had had you know, a ton of fun, uh, you know, at the wedding. That's awesome. Um, so the Jets had a decent summer as well. I would say Aaron Rodgers comes in, and the latest news that happens came out this week. Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing against the Giants on Saturday. That comes from Brian Costello yesterday. What's your reaction to that? What's your initial thoughts on that? <laughs> Yeah, look, I, th- I think all the initial panic and uh, and things like that are, are totally valid, right? Look, you, it's a preseason game. I think everyone looks at it as, you know, is it worth the risk, you know, and, and so on and so forth. I get it. Um, you know, we see the Giants games in the past, the Sanchez, the Chad Penningtons of the world, you know, get injured and kind of spiral their season. All of it's fair. That said, this offense is clearly not where Aaron Rodgers wants it to be, clearly not where the staff wants to be. Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing. I doubt it's more than at most two series. If they get enough, you know, if they have a long enough drive in the first series, it's probably only one. I, I think that going through a game day warm-up, he's in a new spot. I know he hasn't played in the preseason a long time. I know he's older and, and all those types of things. He hasn't played, you know, in a different environment, you know, a different, you know, game day environment, gotten ready for a game in MetLife. I know these are like little things, but quarterbacks, especially your creatures of habit, 18 years straight of Every game day in Lambeau, every start to a season's the same. You know, he went through OTAs for the first time in three, four, five years this year, right? So I think he's trying to do a lot of these different things to get himself acclimated. And I just think 
hearing, you know, this offense, hearing his snap count, hearing, you know, being in the huddle with him, with fans around, you know, in a live, you know, live game, they've got a pretty hard opponent week one. Um, Patrick Mahomes played this week. Josh Allen played this week. Josh Allen had one of the crazier preseason plays that if I was a coach, I'd be pulling my hair out, running around uh, and things like that. So again, I get the concern. I think it'll be some handoffs, a couple of quick passes. You hope that the, they're going to probably try to play as much of the week one offensive line as they can. You know, we'll see if ABT is able to go. We'll see Dwayne Brown probably is not going to play, but I would assume he's you know, maybe going to practice this week. Um, you know, Lincoln Tomlinson was dealing with, a, you know, looked like a lower leg injury. And then Mekhi Becton, right? Like, can they get four of the five starters and Rodgers all in the same huddle? Can they get, you know, those starting receivers out there? Can they do that, you know, kind of imitate a game day? Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And, again, the concerns about injuries are – it's also football. Like, I know at the end of the day, everyone's so worried about injuries. They do happen in football. So, you know, like, you know, Joe Tittman, you know, comes off, oh, he's got a knee or whatever – we don't really know the details of it. No one saw anything, but football happens. There's guys to get banged up. So again, get the concern, but it's likely a series or two. I wouldn't overthink it. If anything, you hope that it helps the Jets start fast, uh, you know, in, uh, in three weeks time. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think a big part of that is that he's done everything right since he's gotten here. He's gone to the OTAs. He's gone to the mini camps. He's tried to bond with the team. Things that kind of held him back in the first few weeks of seasons in Green Bay the last few years. Now he's in a new situation. He doesn't have the time this year with the way the schedule falls out for them to get going in season. And a big part of it, like you said, is the offensive line. He needs to find a cadence and a comfortability with the offensive line. But that's also why I'm so concerned because one missed assignment on Sunday and we're looking at the Snoopy Bowl with Sanchez. You talked about the same thing with Pennington. Is the biggest issue also the thing that makes you most concerned? The reason he needs to start on Sun on Saturday is also the same reason you should be so concerned that he's starting on Saturday, and that's the offensive line. Now, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I I get that, but I also think the offensive line, frankly, was better against the Bucks than it was you know the week prior against Carolina. And I just look at the offensive line, and it's until we see the full like I'm. I'm not not concerned. I get that there should be concern, right? It's been the group that all offseason we're trying to – are they one guy short? Are they, you know, are they two guys short? Is the health going to hold up? Last year when the Jets – early on in the year, the offensive line was fine, right? Like it, it wasn't great, but it was a perfectly fine unit. Brees Hall was there and whatever. Week one, it didn't look great. But obviously once they got some of those starters back, they looked halfway decent. You know, Denver game, things of that nature. They were they, – they cleared some serious holes, right? The Miami game, things like that. Until we see this full group, one through five, healthy, playing at the same time, and they, if they suck, right? Like, Beckton gets the start, and everyone's pumped, and Tomlinson, AVT, Dwayne Brown's back, and they have Tittman or McGovern, whoever it's going to be, and they still look like like crap. Like, then there's a real reason for concern. But right now, I just – I have a hard time. My concern's more of can they get all five guys healthy together playing that's my real concern like it's not necessarily the talent there there's talent it's one of the most expensive offensive line rooms in the league they've got former all pros they've got pro bowlers there they've got a ton of first round picks they've got you know a guy they took in the top 50 this year like on paper this should be a pretty good group right like abt is objectively an awesome football player Connor mcgovern was a league average center for his entire career joe tippman's a guy who people project as a pro bowler lincoln tomlinson's been a pro bowler he's a top 30 pick in the draft um Dwayne Brown, former All-Pro. He's older, but again, looked decent last year in the end of the year. Mekhi Becton looked like an All-Pro as a rookie. Like These guys should be pretty good. Like Billy Turner is your swing guy is fine. Billy Turner is starting left tackle. 
any at age 30 is a problem. So I, I get you. The concern you have is totally valid. I just would say the concern will be a lot even heightened more if these guys, if four of the five play on Saturday night against the Giants backups and are like Rodgers are running for his life. Yeah, then I'm going to be concerned if they look pretty decent. Um, I think you get they just got to build confidence. They got to have some continuity. I've said literally all offseason on every single pot I've done, whether it's my own show or somebody else's show, by the end of camp, they need those full two weeks before week one to have the same group practicing every single day and just build. Like, it, I know we think about quarterback receiver, right? Of, oh, you know, where are you going to be on this? That is on the offensive line, too, of knowing like the guy next to me sometimes oversets to the right. I have to compensate this way as opposed to like, I have no idea where this guy's going to be because I've never practiced with him because he's been on third team, second team, first team throughout camp. Yeah, and with Rodgers, especially with his silent count, with the hard count, all those things he does, and you know that he will give it to his offensive lineman if it's not going well. You mentioned a couple of things there, two things I want to hit on. One was you talked about health. Makai Becton has always looked great when he's played. The problem is he hasn't played. Do you have any confidence that this year will be any different? I shouldn't say I, I shook my head yes initially, but <laughs> I, I do I do from the aspect that he's in the bet he's you know from a weight perspective, he's in a good spot. The Jets, I think, have done, you know, Samini had the article out yesterday that the Jets have this has been the game plan all along. I don't think that's like, you know, just saying it because that's the way they've done it. It does make sense. He changed agents, he changed trainers, he moved up here, he had a kid, he lost a ton of weight, he's playing, you know, it's a toy surgically repaired knee. The Jets, I've said this a couple of times, they botched the knee stuff last year, right? Like all the reports were Makai is just not feeling right going to that practice. His knee was bothering him. The Jets pushed him and he got hurt. Again, that's on Makai as well. He didn't come into camp in shape and his knee wasn't healthy. And like, right, there's blame all around. But he's looked good. Once he's gotten into camp, like early on in camp, he kind of looked like last year and the year before in camp where I was like, I was like, oh man, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if he lost it. And then it's the last week and a half, it feels like it clicked for him. And he's a guy that mentally it has to click, right? He's a guy that we've seen add weight. We've seen, t- you know, lose weight. We've seen games where he's the most dominant dude on the field and he's bullying, you know, bullying guys and tossing them in the turf. And there's other games where it kind of looks like, you know, I don't know. Does he really into it that day? So I have confidence that if he's on the field, he's going to play well. And I have confidence that. He's, his body is in the best possible scenario to be healthy for 16, 15, 17 games, whatever it's going to be. We just have not seen him play more than 14 games in a season. So it's kind of hard. He's, and he's, he has never played a home game in front of fans. Like I, I yeah. it's the craziest stat of all time. I hope, you know, I hope that's broken week one. He's the starting right tackle. And I just think guys, when they know they can get paid, usually are willing to push it 10, 15% more in terms of their body, right? If you've already gotten paid and, the hamstring's a little tight. And I don't know if I'm practicing today. Whereas if, you know, you know that you're playing today. And if you know, every team around the NFL, whether it's the Jets or the other 31 teams, would love to have a Mekhi Becton talent-wise in their team. It's the hardest position in football to figure out other than quarterback. Everyone wants a dominant left tackle. Everyone wants a dominant right tackle, et cetera. I would assume he's going to try to push it this year as much as he can to go get that three or four year deal worth 15 plus million dollars a year, as opposed to a guy that is signing a prove it deal somewhere for one year, $5 million as a guy that comes in and competing at camp. Like again, my faith level is higher than it's been just because I feel like we've seen some progress. This Bucks game is awesome to watch. Like, I really truly was like, if you're a Jets fan, you're like, 
man, two years ago when this team sucked, the only guy on the team we were looking forward to watching on Sundays was Mekhi Becton. If he's really good this year, the ceiling of this offensive line is dramatically improved, and that means the ceiling of this team is dramatically improved. Yeah, for sure. That's, again, when I think you mentioned that, that he never played in front of fans on JJ's pod. And yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy stat because this guy, when he plays, he's really good. Um, but you mentioned young guys, Tipman versus veterans, Rogers with a little bit of a cryptic post on Instagram, nothing new for Aaron Rodgers, where he tags David Bakhtiari on his butt. The Jets have a surplus at wide receiver, now at running back too. Do you think there's an in-season trade possibly for another offensive lineman down the road? I, I don't see I don't see why not. The Jets have always been I actually think We'll see here in the next week. Um, Joe Douglas has always been active on waiver for wires. He's actually done quite well with some of these late August, you know, uh, July signings. You look back, not Ryan Khalil, obviously that was a botch, but, um, you know, you look at some of the waiver wire guys of the past, you look at a John Franklin Myers, and you look at, you know, guys like um, Quincy Williams came in. Everyone kind of was like, oh, what's this, what's this about? He ended up, you know, performing well. Um, they obviously signed Dwayne Brown late last year, that move, Hopefully he plays this year. That move looks like it, it'll work out. Dalvin Cook is another one. I think it's more likely that the problem is just at this point in the offseason, who's really shaking free? Look, maybe a Dalton Reisner who's still out there that could play guard if they want to kick AVT to tackle. But again, they're playing Joe Tittman at guard. So maybe they think internally they can solve that problem. They have a lot of depth interior-wise. Wes Schweitzer as well. Tristan Colon's had a, you know, had a decent camp. Interior-wise, they're strong. It's just tackle. You, you worry about, you know, Max Mitchell was a fourth round rookie last year and he didn't, he wasn't bad, but like, I think fans got a little carried away that just because he wasn't bad as a rookie that all of a sudden he's going to turn into Jonathan Ogden. Um, I, I, I pumped the brakes a bit on that. Um, but yeah, I, like, I just don't, I don't know what's going to happen with Bakhtiari. I don't buy that the Packers are just saying they won't trade him because that's feels like everyone says they're not going to trade guys that are star players. Um, I I've floated before. I, if we get to the middle of the season, the Jets need help at wide receiver. Mike Evans makes all the sense in the world. Yep. The money, he's, a, he's an expiring contract. He's a guy who's won, you know, won a title with a veteran quarterback. He's kind of, if Lazard and, and Corey Davis aren't performing up to snuff, he kind of can take over that role times too. So um, there's a veteran move in there. I know there was some stuff floated, like can they can move on from Corey Davis. I don't see that. I don't know why at this point in the offseason you'd diminish talent when like it's just hard to add talent at this point that's why like a dalvin cook being out there i know it's a running back but didn't make a whole lot of sense he was just kind of waiting obviously to to get paid but um i think they make a move or two whether it's the waiver wire coming up in a week here someone could be a surprise cut um or they make a move at the trade deadline say you know if there's an injury or if they're kind of underperforming in one spot they'll have the cat flexibility the picks thing is a little tough right they can't trade the first or the second round pick because it's like unless the packers agree to different stipulations which if you're the packers and the jets are performing well going for a super bowl why would you do that um but yeah and the jets could say okay you guaranteed you just take our first round pick here like we'll be good and then we get our second back or something like that maybe that's a possibility um but yeah i think they'll be active all year they, they're in a two or three year window roger said it yesterday he said it a million times i know the, the deal was a two-year deal really um he said it, you know i'll be here for a couple years you know, and then Zach can take over for 15 and he indicated that could be a five year yeah. run for him. So, hey, I don't think that's going to happen. But B, um, if he's around, the Jets are going to be competitive and the Jets are going to be all in. So I, I don't see why not if they try to make a move for a veteran, you know, offensive lineman, uh, you know, receiver somewhere else. Yeah, you know who the GMs never had to say this guy's not being traded about? 
a guy who hasn't been traded. Like guys who aren't in trade rumors, you don't have to say that. But you mentioned Aaron Rodgers' contract. So he restructures the deal, which essentially makes it a two to three year window. My pessimistic Jets mind had me thinking though, yeah, but this gives him more guaranteed money this year than he would have had on the previous deal. If it's a disaster, he's going to leave, right? No, nah, I this I think this is he's locked in now. He can't. The problem is, is like this is not that it's his final straw. Like a million teams would obviously take Rodgers, um, but I, I just don't see it being a disaster. I, I don't think if he plays well, which I fully expect him to. You see him in camp. You've seen he just he looks every bit the same quarterback he did two years ago for sure. Um, I, I get the pessimism. Is there a chance the Jets? get a lot of bunch of injuries or Rogers gets hurt. Yeah. Like there is, although Rogers is a guy that, you know, last year was one of, he's had two years where he's gotten hurt, but that's like, it's even then he still tries to play through. Remember, I mean, he's the infamous, uh, the bears was, game. Yeah. Bears yep. games, obviously the infamous game, but even, you know, his games where he's playing on torn calves and he's, you know, played through that. He's, you know, he had the con- <clears throat> apologies. He had like the, the broken collarbone on the kind of the pretty dirty head from Anthony, Bar- oh, not dirty head, but it was he, Anthony Barr knew what he was doing. Um, I just think if Rodgers looks good, then next year's still a wide open window too. It's more of like this. He look atrocious. And if he looks atrocious, he's probably walking away from football. Like he's not a guy who's going to allow himself. He is way too prideful to look, to look like trash. Um, yeah. Cause the jets have a pessimistic season where they lose a bunch of close games and they finish seven and 10. Like, I guess that world's out there, but then Rogers is going to stick around and say, well, I'm going to pick my own head coach. I'm pick my own GM and do it that way. Um, I think that's more likely than him, uh, than him leaving the jets. I think he retires from football after he's a jet. All right. I mean, I appreciate the optimism and a lot of the optimism comes from, like you said, you saw videos online, you're seeing these throws. You saw Jeff Aldrich react to one of those throws in the meeting room on hard knocks. What has been your opinion so far of the overly optimistic, I would say, Hard Knocks? Yeah, Hard Knocks has been it's been interesting. I've been at camp a bunch. Um, I, it's, Hard Knocks is one of those things that it's tough because the, it is the Jets have not allowed them some of the access to some of the meetings and things like that that we've gotten in the past, and which I think is good for the Jets. I think I enjoy Hard Knocks more than one Jets drive during camp, just because I think Leaf Shriver's like the goat and it's honestly i know rogers jokes about being the voice of god but he is awesome to listen to um hard next does get some of those clips solace you know solid you know ripping the offensive line was awesome um you know Ulbrich kind of dropping 800 f-bombs and and i think that that stuff's cool and i think i just don't think training camp first of all is the way it used to be um training camp's not 15 20 years ago or even where there's two three you know two or three practices a day the other biggest thing that's different this year and you know sorry last year but there's no first round of cuts, second round of cuts, third round of cuts. Now throughout camp, which I think is super beneficial to both the players and also the teams, there's not this drama every single week of who's going to get cut. It, I mean, it's there, but the guys have a like this. These next two or three episodes of Hard Knocks should ramp up because I know they're not showing the cuts. Um, which honestly, I know some people thought it was a little soft. I, I also get it, like. These you guys are once these guys. All. Yeah, you, these guys are losing their livelihood, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense. And it's like I don't, I mean, know who takes pleasure in watching that. Um, it sucks for the coaches, especially for the GM, and it, honestly, you just feel terrible for the players. And then it's like, and you end up getting these guys that are like fan favorites because they got cut on Hard Knocks, and it's like it's not really the point of it. Um, no, I've enjoyed Hard Knocks. Look, at it's only been two episodes. I think a lot of the guys you've seen have big personalities. We kind of knew like Michael Carter's a big personality. Rogers, a big personality. Sauce is a big personality. Um, 
I've enjoyed Quinnen's a huge personality. I actually think this is most beneficial for Quinnen just because as a D lineman, as good as he is, I just don't think we've seen gotten to see him like talk a lot and that and know and yep. um yeah, I've enjoyed it. Okay, again, it's a lot of fluff, but if you're a Jets fan, it's a lot of positive fluff. So okay, <laughs> who really cares, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like one Jets drive has always been more of a puff piece, and now it feels like they're doing the same thing because of whatever access controls the Jets have over this. It feels the same way. One thing I noticed is Joe Douglas not featured at all in the first two episodes. In fact, Salah's having a conversation with him, and it cuts off before Douglas says anything back. That has to be on purpose, right? Yeah, I just I don't think Douglas likes Joe Douglas is great with the media in terms of he says absolutely nothing. I've gotten a, you know, I mean, the combine and things like that. Try to ask him questions. You're not getting anything, right? Like you just know it's going to be, you know, how many years did we have to go through? The, oh, what do you think of Zach? Oh, Zach's an awesome player. What do you think of Sam? Sam's great. Uh, you know, I told Sam I was going to, you know, protect his uh, his son, and then the Jets added like Kelvin Beecham and Ryan Khalil and, <laughs> and Sam and Sam destroyed. So, um, yeah, I just think that the Jets are. There's just very much. They've always been this way. You know, those you work in the business too, like. They just they like the narrative to be a certain way, and they're just not going to allow that to change. You know, I, I think there's so much other stuff going on around the Jets right now from Hard Knocks that the narrative is a different, a different way. I think the Jets are not going to try to give any single thing because there's drama, obviously. You know, over you know the Jets canceling a practice that was already in the works and it got spread out that there was something different going on, and. I'm going to ask com- Tiki about that today. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll see him today. Should, I'll yeah, ask I him. I should because I don't – again, I don't know where that came from. I was just like floored that that became a thing. And then it was like – I was like, I don't know, man. I, I saw him at practice. I'm, I'm a little confused. Um, I also think the Bucks reporting of it was incredibly weird that they were like, oh, the, the Bucks were like left homeless. Like this is a $3 billion franchise. Like they weren't – And like, again – Tiki heard yeah. it from Rondé's side and the Giants' side, right? Yeah. So he did hear it from the Bucks and the Giants. So, I mean, just to defend Tiki, my guy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it the whole it thing. Weird. I'm just saying there's so much other narratives going on around Hard Knocks that the Jets just are not going to allow. They're going to not have try to have any anything out there that could possibly uh, be, you know, be bad for them. And um, it's hard to blame them. Yeah, and Joe Douglas, I mean, the one mention of him was the high-character guys. Sauce, Quinnen, so many high-character guys on the defensive side specifically. What do you think the ceiling is for this defense? Uh, So I I said this on JJ's pod. I think the defense will be not as high in terms of yards allowed and things like that. So, like, maybe they'll be, like, the seventh or eighth best, like, total yardage and things like that defense as opposed to three, I believe, last year. I think that, you know, in DVOA, they'll be a top three defense. I think that in every advanced analytic number, they're going to be a top three defense. And they have to stay healthy, obviously, on the, off- on the defensive side of the ball. Last year, they stayed pretty healthy. We've already seen it in camp. Guys like Carl Lawson, who stayed healthy all last year. I don't know. The video of Carl Lawson running the other day would concern me. I don't know how he's playing anytime soon, the way he was running. that. I've seen people with bad backs. That looks like a guy that's back is, is not right. Um I would say from the perspective of the defense just overall, though, I think they'll turn the football over more. I think that they'll be harder to score against um, when it matters most. I think that their pass rush is 
every bit legit. I think the run defense is every bit legit as well. Um, you know, the Jets' second defensive line has been murdering people. The Panthers' offensive – with the Panthers' first-team offensive line, the Jets destroyed them. The Bucks, they were in their face all day. It's not like – this isn't Quinn Williams. This isn't John Franklin Myers. Guys are getting paid double-digit million dollars a year. This is Quentin Jefferson, who had a really nice year in Seattle, but he's their third defensive tackle, right? This is Bryce Huff, who I love Bryce Huff more than anybody. Bryce Huff's been on my show so many times that it's like I feel like I have to stand him at this point. But, you know, Bryce Huff's a guy who's an awesome pass rusher. He's dist- he, Every single play he's in is, you know, it's a pressure. Jermaine Johnson looks way more like Jermaine Johnson coming out of college than he did last year. Um, you know, then he, you had guys like Michael Clemens. You don't even, like, think about Michael Clemens or Al Woods or these guys that – you know, Will stars, McDonald's, stars, Will McDonald's, right. Yeah. Will McDonald's a first round pick. And it's like, yep. he's a luxury sixth edge rusher. That's pushing people for time. Carl Austin's injured. You don't even think twice because Will McDonald and Bryce Huff are going to make up those pressures plus some. So um, this defense should be really good. They have the best, uh, best corner group in the league. Tony Adams has looked awesome all camp and, you know, linebacker, CJ Mosley's healthy. They should be fine. Um, they just got to stay healthy, but this defense is going to, the biggest reason for optimism other than Rodgers is this defense was awesome and should get better. A lot of these, most of these guys are really young. Like CJ Mosey is the only guy of that core group. That's that they all pro pro level level guys. Like all those corners are under 25 years old or CJ is 26, I guess now, but sauce is 22. Michael Carter's 24. Like those guys are awesome. Again, JFM is like the oldest guy in the room. He's 27. You know what I mean? Like that's, yep. you should, they should get better um, here. And I, I just think, They've done really well against Buffalo. I would not be surprised if week one they look every bit as dominant as they did against Buffalo both uh, both games last year. Real quick before we wrap up, can't go to the podcast without mentioning Dalvin Cook. What do you think of the Dalvin Cook deal? I like the, I like the move. Um, I just don't see why not, right? Like what's – you don't have to rush Brees back. He's a Pro Bowl-level guy. He's been in the Pro Bowl the last four years. He's a guy that defenses have to – he's a veteran that Rodgers is going to know, Rodgers is going to be around for. I just have a hard time like seeing the downside. I know fantasy people are like freaking out. It's like, oh, the Jets are giving away Brees Hall. Brees Hall was not going to carry the ball 25 times week one. And if you thought he was, I- I'm very confused why. Like he's a Jets, he's one of their biggest assets, and he's 22 years old coming off a major knee injury. Like they're not you he just started practicing two days ago. Yeah. You think right, you know what I mean? Like Dalvin Cook's also a guy that was injured all last year and played through it, played well. I know he wasn't as good as he had been in years past, but he asked people in Minnesota 100 to 150 carries for Dalvin, and he looks every bit the Pro Bowl level back. If the Jets were giving him 300 carries and paying him $12 million a year, I'd say, mm, I don't know about that. But it's a glorified five, six, seven million dollar deal. He's going to be their running back, too. He's a guy that'll carry the ball 100 to 150 times. We've seen, you know, in years past, the really successful Jets teams have multiple backs. Like, that's how I look at it. And I look at it as defenses having to have a pony personnel of, you know, two running backs on the field of Brees Hall and, and Dalvin Cook. There's worse things. The Jets had cap space. Like, who else was out there that the yep. people wanted the Jets to sign? Yeah. You talk about waves on the defensive line. It's the same thing here. Keep the guys fresh and keep them, you know, going hard the whole game. So, last thing. What are your expectations slash predictions both for this season and it's twofold because for the Rodgers era as a whole as well? Yeah, my my expectations for um, for the Jets is get to the divisional round, um, whether that be, um, you know, at least the divisional round, I think this year, whether that be win wild card weekend, I don't think they'll be the number one seed. So it's either you win a home game wild card weekend, 
Did they win at all Wild Card Weekend? You know, I guess if they were the one seed, um, it'd be pretty disappointing if they lost in round one and round two. But um, getting into the divisional round doesn't feel like that hard to do. It's it is hard to do, but it doesn't feel like it's that unrealistic. I think if the Jets got to the championship game this year, everyone would feel good about it. I think everyone would go, all right, we have Rodgers for another year. This team's now playoff tested. Their Super Bowl expectations are going to be insane. They'll probably pick up another couple guys. Um, it just feels like it's hard for me to say Super Bowl or bust. I just don't think that's fair for a team that has not been in the playoffs in 12 years. And we just don't know like what they're going to be, I think. But a divisional round appearance this year, and then I think these Super Bowl expectations in 24 with these guys a year older, I think is is fair. If they lose a playoff game round one and they're the you know sixth seed and for every reason they're playing a KC or in, in Cincinnati and they lose 27-24, yeah, they're a playoff team and they lost to a team that's probably going to the Super Bowl. You, you you understand it. I think losing as a high seed at home, if they <laughs> they're the three or four seed or whatever, and they're losing at home to Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville, yeah. or they're losing it, you know, they're losing the, in at home against Pittsburgh. Like you're probably pretty frustrated. Um, yep. But divisional round appearance, then the next year, uh, the expectation is probably to win Super Bowl. And then you have a 20-year window where Zach Wilson's going to take over also, like Rogers. Yeah, yeah Zach, Will- Zach Wilson is out of a contract in 12 months. Yeah. is uh, <laughs> the highest-paid exactly. player in the team. Yeah. Um, okay, so plug your stuff. You do some great work uh, with your podcast and obviously on social media with the Jets. So plug your stuff. Tell everyone where they can yeah. find you. Yeah, uh, Will PA11, Twitter, Instagram, um, all the uh, all the socials, Turn the Jets podcast. Um, we'll have an episode out today. We have actually four episodes this week, which will be – I'm fully back in post-honeymoon, post-wedding. Uh, so uh, ramp it up here. Um, then there's a watch party uh, we're doing in, uh, on Saturday City. Connor Rogers, Joe Caparoso, myself, a few other members of uh, members of the squad uh, doing some Jets Giants stuff. So um, – tune in to that and you appreciate you having me on and, you know, continue to, you know, good luck on the show and um, hopefully, uh, hopefully you crush it and we'll do something, uh, you know, soon on my pod. All right. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, thank you for coming on and all the best wishes. Appreciate that. And yeah, we'll, we'll do this again somewhere down the road. Thank you. Thank you again, Will, for joining me again, as always appreciate everyone who listens until next time, like subscribe, share it with a friend, do all those good things. And Rex, let's go to eat a, damn snack thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube